welcome to Practice Pursuit for Therapists, the podcast dedicated to guiding therapists on the path to launch and grow their own successful private practice. We are Rachel and Adrian, and we are thrilled to embark on this journey with you. Navigating the world of private practice can be a daunting endeavor filled with uncertainties, and that's where this podcast comes in. Practice Pursuit for Therapists is here to host open and honest discussions around the most challenging aspects of being a therapreneur. In each episode, we'll dive deep into the crucial and intimidating aspects of starting a business. We want to support you in this emotional journey. We're here to help you take meaningful steps to overcome insecurities and doubts that might otherwise hold you back. Let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about how to get clients. And that is so hard. (laughs) It is, yeah. So when I first started private practice, I tried to go into private practice. Granted, I was pre-licensed at the time. I hadn't gotten my full LCSW. And um, I tried joining a very small practice where the main clinician needed me to bring in my own clientele, but he would run, like he was credentialed with insurance and he would run me through his stuff and allow me to use his, use his space. And I could not get a client to save my life. So I had signed up with victims advocates and I was on their list and I had connected with a local church to try and get referrals that way and a doctor's office, but a year in and I had one client. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Which scared me to pieces. And so oh. I kind of threw in the towel with that and then went back to working a W-2 job and then came back out into private practice, you know, we were just talking about our psychology today profiles and, you know, in my area, it is so saturated with therapists. And so there's a lot of competition to get clients. And so how do you get your name out there and how do you market yourself so that you can get a steady stream of clients? I know Rachel, you've mentioned before that you've gotten clients, a lot of clients for your website. Mm -hmm. What, tell me more. Tell me more about that. Okay. <laughs> um, I also want to come back to your story of starting okay. practice and not getting and only getting one client for a year. So I'm going to hold that thought and answer this question first. So I have had several clients who've reached out to me say they've reached out to me specifically because of my website. And I think that's interesting. I think having a website maybe helps you look more established. I don't know. I'm not really sure about the psychology behind that. I do have some things on my website, like I have a quiz people can take to see how traumatized they are. Not really, but it's like... (laughs) you know, for people to see what symptoms they might be experiencing and kind of relate. Maybe that creates some engagement. I have a blog. I don't know how effective that is for marketing. I haven't done all the stuff with it yet, but I don't know. Maybe the website gives people the landing area to kind of learn more about me and maybe build a little more trust in who I am versus just having the Psychology Today profile. I have had a significant amount of people that have said 
that, that they've reached out to me specifically because of my website. And also people who have said they reached out to me because I had a kind face. So that's really sweet. But I also have had professional photos taken. So I don't know if that makes a difference. Mm -hmm. But yeah, most of my marketing comes from Psychology Today and my website. I don't think people are Google searching and my website comes up. I think they actually find me through Psychology Today. And then there's a link to my website on that page. Then they can look at the website and learn more, more about me. I think in my area, it's significantly less saturated, still looks pretty saturated. Like when I did the Psychology Today search in my zip code, there were five pages. And how many pages did you say? 16. 16, yeah. So that's a significant difference. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people with pictures that like it's obvious they took a selfie and it's not a good quality picture. If I'm looking for a professional to work with, I want to see that they are professional and hold themselves in a professional manner. That that might not be for everybody, but maybe that could be a difference. Yeah. Good tips. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Get back to what you were going to say. Yeah. About. So <laughs> what do you think the barriers were for you in that process of getting one client in a year? The biggest barrier I ran into was that I didn't take insurance. Mm. which has completely intimidated me for yeah. private pay yeah, for building a private pay practice. Cause I know um, I have friends who want to be 100% private pay or who are a hundred percent private pay. And I just know the struggle I had trying to find those clients. And maybe I was just looking in the wrong places too, but to find that steady stream, that's been a challenge. That's been a really big challenge. And I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I've worked with other people who are just starting out, not licensed yet, so they can't accept insurance, and they've had the same issue. I know we talked about this some in our podcast where we talked about private pay versus insurance, but I do think to have a fully private pay practice, you have to be established, maybe have a lot of person-to-person referrals, maybe have a very specific niche. I think location has a lot to do with it too. Yeah. I mean, I feel like accepting insurance is how I've gotten every single one of my clients. I think I've only ever had one person that said they were going to be a private pay, private paying client. Yeah. So yeah, most people want to use their insurance and not have to pay as much. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're going to build a private pay practice, really, I think focusing on where you find those clients. And I don't know, you know, I was probably marketing to the wrong places, right? Going to doctor's offices, most people are using their insurance to, you know, to pay for services. And so I don't know, I don't, you know, maybe that could be the topic that we do some research to talk about Yeah, for another podcast of private pay, building a private pay practice. But yeah, the insurance piece has been the kicker. And so, you know, I built mine, diff- well, may- maybe similarly to how you built yours, right? Starting off with an agency and expanding from there, but trying to navigate where do you, where do you find those clients? Like I don't have a website up yet because yeah. of my own mental barrier and fears around publishing it. It's done. It's completed and it's sitting there. Yeah, really. But I haven't published it. Yeah. Yeah. 
How did you get past that, publishing your website? It was really scary at first, but I just kind of pushed through it. I don't know if I really had a skill I used, but also my husband was making it, so he just published it. So maybe that oh, helped. That's nice. Someone else did it. <laughs> yes. um, but that was kind of scary to put myself out there like that. It, it's like exposing myself a little bit more. But it was also exciting to be like, oh my gosh, I have a website. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Should we talk about websites? Sure. Yeah. Okay. What platform did you use for your website? WordPress. You did. Mm -hmm. You were able to, well, it sounds like your husband was able to navigate it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I've been navigating it. I made my website for the coaching practice. Okay. And I've done some updates for the therapy practice website. It is not intuitive to nope. use. It is kind of frustrating, but I th- I watched some YouTube videos. I definitely recommend hiring someone to do that and hiring someone to maintain it and also having someone that knows about the search engine optimization side of things. I've watched videos on that. I've talked with my business coach about that. It still just goes over my head. I don't fully grasp how it works. I'm like, I get general concepts, but I'm having a hard time actually implementing it. I want someone to give me like a step-by-step, do this on your website and do it this mm-hmm. way. So that is something I'm probably eventually going to outsource. But yeah, I do think having a website is really helpful for people to get a little more familiar with you. It it can also be the storefront of your practice, the thing that's going to grasp them and make them pick you over another person. Psychology Today profiles are, they all look the same. Yeah. You know, your picture is different and that can make you stand out. You, maybe you have a different paragraph that grasps one client over another, but having a website is like a personalized storefront. It's, Mm -hmm a way to attract people, get them a little more familiar with you, and then maybe have a little more trust in you before the therapeutic process even begins. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that has been a really big barrier for me in getting additional clients, not having that website, you know, because even like on Psychology Today, you have the link to my website page and you see on Psychology Today, the banner that says people get more clients if they have a website, right? Yeah. Just breaking through that barrier for myself. Like, is it good enough? That's the scary part for me. Is it good enough? Is it legit? Is there any legal aspect of this that I need to take into consideration? And putting myself out there feels really intimidating, but I'm also feeling it in that I don't get that consistent flow of clients all the time that I'd really like. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. I mean, doing it yourself adds another layer of stress because we don't know all the things. And so, you know, there, I, th- I know on your website, you have to have like terms and conditions and a privacy policy, and you have to have a notice about the No Surprise Act. And I didn't know those things for a few years. So I didn't yeah. have it on my website. I have it now, but I didn't know those things before. It's not like you can just 
Google what is supposed to be on a website for a therapist and then have this clear list. It, it is helpful, I think, to have someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. It ranges, right? The costs mm-hmm. range so significantly. Right, right. And those upfront costs are hard. So I have been building mine because I paid for a Google Workspace account so that I could have the HIPAA compliant email and phone number. Okay. And with it comes like you can build your own website. They have a website builder. And I thought, well, I'm already paying for this. You know, I might as well use the website builder. And it's very simple and it's very intuitive because I tried doing WordPress many years ago and I could not figure it out and didn't have the patience for it. (laughs) It's really complicated. I don't understand why it has to be so complicated. Someone with a completely different brain than me made that system. Uh (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Me too. And so that really intimidated me. You know, I'd heard people say, well, just do a GoDaddy or do a whatever. And maybe I should have. I don't know. But I I went the Google route. It's all in there, but I just haven't published it yet. And it, I will say it was really easy. Like the Google Workspace account, I think I pay a total of maybe $25 a month. What? And I've got a HIPAA compliant email address, a HIPAA compliant phone number, wow. and voicemail. I wish I knew about that before I started all this. It, all the things that you learn as you slowly go through. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm already paying $25 a month, you know why not just do this website? But it is, it's the time that it takes to write Mm -hmm. and the copy writing copy is a challenge for me and putting anything I write out for others to see. I've never even let somebody read a paper that I've written. Really? And so like, this is why you got to use chat GPT. Chat GPT made all this so much easier for me. Like I just write a little paragraph and stick it in chat GPT and say, make this sound better. And it elaborates and makes it sound so beautifully written. And seriously, (laughs) yeah, I'll be like, write an advertisement for a therapist who's going to put this paragraph on their website trying to sell individual therapy services. And it'll make this whole paragraph. And then I can just like cut and paste and add in what I want to add in. Duly noted. (laughs) Chat GPT changes your life. Seriously. That's amazing. Okay. I will put that in my back pocket and maybe get my website published this week. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) So yeah, depending on the area you live in, psychology today and accepting insurance might be enough. And you talked about networking with a church and victim's compensation. Just a side note, victim's comp is different wherever you live. So in Colorado, they have a list of therapists. So if someone is part of a crime and they fall under victim's compensation services, they'll get handed this list of therapists they can pick from. Where I live, they don't have that. So the victim finds a therapist and the victim comes in saying, I'm going to use victim's comp. And then you navigate it that way. So there's not a list. And they they paid pretty decently. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. That made me think about EAPs. Do oh, you, yeah. Do you do EAPs? I do EAPs. I only work with one now because I've been able to negotiate my rate to be higher. I like EAPs for the purpose of getting the foot in the door. I don't like how EAPs pay. So yeah, I I now only use one and it has been a really good way for some of my clients 
to meet with me and start working with me. And also because I do trauma work mostly, I have clients that come to me and we work together for a very long time. So, you know, I, I do get regular new people coming in, but my caseload tends to be pretty consistent over a longer period of time just because I'm doing intensive work and seeing people who, you know, with EMDR and complex trauma, it can take time. Yeah. So that was helpful in getting some of those people in the door. Do you take EAPs? I do. I'm right now I'm only on one panel individually and they pay pretty decently, but I've only gotten one referral from them in almost two years. Oh, wow. So that has not been a steady source. The other EAPs that I'm on the list for, I believe I'm on the list with them through an agency. So through a billing agency Okay, that has me credentialed with all of the insurance companies and all the EAPs. So I just Mm -hmm. put in the authorization codes and everything through them and get paid through them. You know, the, the downside to that for me is there's no negotiating your rate. There's no, you know, you have no control over your pay. It's whatever they are telling you they're going to pay you. And of course, the billing agency takes a cut off the top. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, pros and cons. So that's helpful for getting referrals, maybe not the greatest for getting the pay you want. Right. Right. Yeah. So when you talked to the church and the doctor's office, how did you approach them? And what did you say? Oh gosh, that was years ago. The church, you know, I went in and I brought business cards and I let them know what it is that I do and who I work with. And, you know, I think where I kind of struck out is they have a lot of referrals for families and for marriages. Yeah, that makes sense. And I don't see families and I don't see marriage. I don't do marriage therapy. Yeah. So I think it's been a learning curve of trying to figure out where the niche is. Mm -hmm. You know, where do you find the people that you want to work with? And I won't do marriage counseling. Like that is just not inside of my scope. And so finding individuals. So where do I find individuals? Where do I find individuals that fit my niche? And I haven't quite nailed that one yet. Yeah. But as far as the doctor's office, you know, I brought in cards, but the other thing is you don't get to meet the doctors, right? You're just just talking to the person up front. Yeah. Yeah. And often they have a whole bunch of cards just sitting out. Mm-hmm. You I've, know, heard, I've heard someone, I don't remember who said this, but someone said, have some kind of worksheet or information sheet, like you're teaching someone a skill. Maybe it's about how to breathe to soothe anxiety or I don't know, something that the doctor would use to give the client to practice with if mm-hmm. they were experiencing anxiety and then your information's on the bottom. So if they want to get more help in that, maybe they reach out to you. My, That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. My biggest barrier with marketing in that way is the fact that I have to go talk to someone in person and try, <laughs> try to sell myself. That is yeah. so anxiety provoking to me. Yeah. That part that part doesn't stress me out. I'd rather talk to somebody in person all day long than over the phone. If I have to yeah. make a phone call, that's oh, I don't want to make a phone barrier. call either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just don't want to talk. <laughs> I mean, so I want to talk to my clients. I want to talk to my friends, yeah. but 
being the person to have to initiate a conversation trying to sell myself is very intimidating. It's hard. It's hard, you know, especially if they ask you those pointed questions that direct to, well, what makes you stand out from other people? Yeah. Um, nothing. <laughs> Just kidding. You know Something, true, but I don't right? know what it is. <laughs> right now. Oh my gosh. Don't make me talk about myself. Yeah. 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 Cause you have to essentially be your own resume and walk around. Yeah. As a resume. Yeah. And just be like, look at me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, here I am. Look at me. Here's this thing that you need to tell all your clients to sign up for. Yeah. So, okay. Despite all of this, you have still built a successful practice yeah. in two states. Yeah. You have clients in two states. Yeah. So one thing that helped in Colorado was working in the hospital and working for Medicaid and then getting to know people in the field in that area that would refer to me. Mm-hmm. So when I was a case manager for Medicaid, even though I don't accept Medicaid, it, that actually gave me the opportunity to talk to so many different therapists in the area and build a relationship with them. And so, you know, when I was on my own, they could, I, I wouldn't take clients that I was a case manager of, but if they were like, hey, we have this person we think might be a good fit for you. That was huge. Just knowing different therapists in the area and having them refer to me. And then over time, as you are working with clients and they develop a strong relationship with you, and then their friends want to find a therapist, then they say, oh, my therapist is great. Like, here's here's my information. So then word of mouth That was one thing I haven't had here in Virginia as a new person. I think it took me a little bit longer to build my caseload here just because I didn't know anyone. I didn't do any networking. It was really just accepting insurance and having a website and a Psychology Today profile. Now, a few years in, I get word of mouth referrals, but that was huge in Colorado, like going from a community Mm -hmm. to being on my own and then having people that knew me and knew to refer to me. Yeah. Yeah. I will say most of my clients now come from word of mouth referrals. That's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. It is. And I love that. And I wish there were more because they don't come very often, right? Because you get one every few months. The other thing that you sparked in my mind was the networking. And I know a lot of people who do Facebook networking. Yeah. You know, joining the local Facebook group um, for therapists in your area. Um, I know lots of people who get clients off of those groups. Yeah. I I haven't done that because I don't like being on Facebook, but (laughs) yeah, I have used that both in Colorado and Virginia. The only problem with that is you have to be like on your game looking for posts and be like the first person to post. And Uh, even then they might go with someone else because so many people post their information on there. I don't think I've ever actually gotten a client from that. I've tried, but okay. Yeah. And that that might depend on your niche too. If someone's like, I need someone who works with this kind of demographic and is this gender and treats this thing, then, you know, there might not be as many people that say I'm a good fit. But for a lot of the posts, it's like looking for a therapist to treat anxiety that's virtual or in person in this area. Then that, you know, there's like 50 people that respond to that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think that comes back down to knowing your niche. Yeah. Yeah. I think knowing your niche is one of the biggest keys to marketing. And getting the clients that you want. Yeah. Because we didn't go into private practice to have to see everybody like we do in mental health centers or other places. And yeah. Yeah. So thinking about your niche, knowing where those people will be, thinking about Mm -hmm. what kinds of places those people go to, how you can get exposure in those areas is, I think, really important. Networking in those areas is really important. Yeah. Having a website. I I also, I have brochures and flyers I made that I have never posted anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I have ideas of where my ideal client goes. So I have ideas of places in mind that I need to go post. My hesitation is going to post the thing and like putting it out there. Yep. That's your barrier. (laughs) Mine's my website. Yeah. (laughs) We all have our our barriers. I mean, marketing is a really emotional process. Mm -hmm. It really is. It is. Yeah. So just to recap, because we're about out of time today, some marketing ideas. You already started to recap. EAPs, websites, knowing your niche knowing who your ideal client is, and then going to the places that those people tend to go, like doctor's offices, maybe yoga studios or gyms or coffee shops, who knows. But having business cards and flyers and things you you take to those places. Psychology Today, and there's other websites. I don't remember what they're called, but like goodtherapy.com mm-hmm. or something like that. There's other websites like that. Um, I just have psychology today. Yeah. Am I missing anything? Networking. Networking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going to networking events. Yeah. I am going to a conference in a couple weeks and I'm hoping that's a good networking opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. I guess that's it for today. Thank you. Thank you all for joining in and listening to Practice Pursuit for Therapists. Please like, subscribe, and share if you loved this episode. We appreciate you all, and we'll see you next time.